Hello and welcome to Ashurst Legal Outlook and our mini-series talking to trainees about their journey to Ashurst, their hopes and dreams, and their hints and tips for future trainees. In this episode, I speak to Stephanie Ning about her journey from studying law at university to becoming a trainee with Ashurst, following stints as a paralegal and as a business consultant in Singapore. Stephanie has some great advice for future trainees, including the importance of networking and being genuine and authentic in everything that you do. Join me as we get the inside scoop on what it's like to work as a trainee solicitor at Ashurst. You're listening to Ashurst Legal Outlook. Stephanie, thank you very much for joining me today. I want to start by asking you, what is your origin story? How did you come about choosing a career in law? So originally when I did law at university, I didn't think that I wanted to do law after um, afterwards. And so I actually, after graduation, went back to Singapore and did a little bit of consulting work for a few years instead. For various reasons, I then decided to leave my previous company and uh paralegaling at Ashurst was the first thing that actually came up. I thought, okay, I'm just going to do this. It's going to be temporary and uh, realized it's actually quite fun in practice. From then, I realized that um, I did want to do the LPC and I did want to qualify. (laughs) So tell me, were there any influences that sort of um, steered you in the direction of law? You know, I have to be honest, the paralegal position um, at Ashras was the first thing that came up. <laughs> and at that point, I really needed a job. <laughs> so in terms of falling back into law, that was really almost not, not quite a mistake. I knew it was something that I wanted to at least try, but it wasn't a conscious decision that I wanted be a lawyer definitely no I didn't know but when I did join Ashurst um, and started working there I realized that I actually really enjoyed the transactional work and the transactional side of things. So you went from uh, consultancy to paralegal then into the trainee program can you describe what the application process was like? Yeah sure so I actually um, did the LPC without having a training contract. So how that worked was I actually, because I wanted to be um, English law qualified, I actually flew from Singapore to um, London to do the LPC. So this was a pretty busy period. I was doing the LPC full time. I was working at Ashurst still as a paralegal from the London office uh, part-time. And of course, at the same time, I was looking for a training contract. And as we all know, looking for a training contract can be almost a full-time job. And it's not easy at all. Um, I was making sure to attend as many networking sessions as I could and um, going to open days and applying for open days and so on, um, on top of, you know, work and the LPC. 
Um, so it was by no means an easy one. Um, but I reminded myself that firstly, it's only for about, you know, just less than a year, the LPP is just under a year. Um, and secondly, it's an investment into this career that I decided that I wanted to do. Do you think working at Ashurst gave you any advantage in regards to the training program? For sure. I think any work experience, even the vacation scheme, would would give you some advantage in terms of both application and the career that you're going into and when you actually start working. Um, but also personally for you to know whether this is something you want to do. Um, prime example being myself, because when I did law at university, I came out of it thinking, I don't want to do this and then did not do law. But after I actually started working as a paralegal, I realized how different it can be and that I actually did um, enjoy it. And so, um, yeah, working at Ashurst is what made me decide that I wanted to do my training contract and have a career in law. So now that you've landed at Ashurst as a trainee, can you tell me what area you're, you're working in and also what a, what a typical day looks like for you? So I guess things are a bit different now because um, I majority of my training contract it was during lockdown um, and during COVID. And so it's a bit different to what I would have described pre-COVID. Pre-COVID, I guess I can compare this experience to when I was paralegaling and I would have, you know, you would have gone for lunch. Sometimes you would go for team lunches and then you'd come back and you might have uh, either in-person meetings or trainings um, whereas now obviously because everything's virtual and although we're moving towards a hybrid working um, system at the moment it's still more work from home based and so um, it looks a little bit different I might have lunch at home I might cook that is an advantage to working from home um, uh, before working in the afternoon um, transaction work tends to be quite busy um, so I would generally speaking not expect a 6 p.m finish um, maybe seven um, the last couple of days have been a little bit busier so I think anyone who is going thinking of or going into transactional work does need to be aware of the fact that no matter what firm you're at and which transactional seat you're in, um, it is pretty busy and you may end up doing longer hours than you expected. Now, you would have had a really unique perspective on the culture at Ashurst, starting as a paralegal and then obviously now in the trainee program. Do you have some observations, some, some sort of comments on what makes Ashurst culture great? Yeah, um, so the first one that springs to mind is I have never felt like there was adverse, I'm going to call it adverse competition um, in terms of perhaps, for example, between trainees, everyone is so willing to um, discuss their experiences and help each other. Um, if I reach out to a trainee 
as I did actually yesterday, asking for help um, covering, for example. Yes, sometimes during August, particularly, a lot of people are away. And so it might be a bit harder to find um, cover, but generally people are very happy to help. Or if I don't have capacity to do something, or um, if I am not sure how to do something, but I know that another training has done it before, um, everyone is very willing to help. And so there's no feeling of, um, you're competing for a um, permanent place. And so, and that um, you shouldn't help each other because of that, um, if that sort of makes sense. Um, there's never been that sort of feeling. Um, and also another example is there's not that sort of um, feeling between practice groups either. So transaction on transactional deals, corporate particularly I found you draw very heavily on other teams so for example during the due diligence process which corporate generally is in charge of and drives you would reach out to colleagues in many many other practice groups for example uh, digital economy loans tax yeah, you, you would reach out to a lot of them and, and there's no, the, everyone works together very well, um, very seamlessly. Nobody says, no, I don't want to do this or I can't do this or unless it's for um, compliance reasons, of course. Um, no practice group harbors sort of competitive feelings against any other, everyone across the entire firm works together I would say um, to the benefit of the client yeah now there's no doubting you've been very busy over the last year with studying and then obviously the traineeship as well COVID has impacted your work arrangements what do you do to unwind what are your what are your interests outside of work um I try to as religiously as possible go to the gym three times a week um because it is an hour well three hours a week of me time where I don't think about anything else I don't talk to anyone else I just listen to music and really focus on myself and I realize I come back out of the gym much happier <laughs> so it's an really 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 important I think to have um it doesn't matter it can be the gym it can be reading it can be going for a run outside um I do think it's super super important that everybody has that interest um outside of work that they make time for occasionally and yeah there are weeks where for different reasons including work I may not have been able to go three times a week for example this week which has been extremely busy. So Stephanie have you explored much of the UK since arriving from Singapore? On weekends I try to do different things I just came to London in September last year I say just but actually it's been almost a year uh, obviously it was during COVID so I'm starting to explore more of it or more of London so I went to the Globe Theatre for the first time last week which was really cool so I'm trying to make time on weekends to do uh, sort of London-y things um, or day trips outside of London, um, go hiking or see the Cotswolds or Oxford or national parks as well. 
Oh, sounds fantastic. I'm, I'm very, I'm very, very jealous in, in lockdown Sydney, Australia at the moment. Um, could you just tell me what your hopes and dreams are? I mean, the immediate one is, of course, to secure that permanent um, spot after my training contract, only because I'm in my third seat now, coming towards the end of my third seat, going into my fourth seat. And so that's obviously weighing on my mind a little bit. (laughs) So I think that's something that I need to decide and work out and sit down with myself and think through where I would like to qualify and why some people know straight away um, where they want to qualify and where they want to put down as their first choice but having spoken to a couple of trainees it does seem that more often than not people are still weighing up their options at this point and so I think that it's pretty important for people applying to know that if I as a third seat trainee am still weighing up my options at application stage you are not expected at all to know where you want to to qualify eventually. It sounds fascinating and I would love to ask you some insights if I could about the process that you go through when you do sit down with yourself. Now will it be uh, just purely based on your sort of self-assessment of how things have gone or or will you reach out to other people to ask them, you know, further questions and, and research that way? So important to reach out to people. I've been speaking to other trainees. I've been speaking to partners. I've been speaking to um, associates who are my friends who might not be in the firm at all. I've been speaking to people who are not even in law. Um, I think Gaining that spectrum of opinions is so, so important. Different perspectives can add uh, different uh, sort of different color to your decision. So, yeah, I've been making a conscious effort to talk to people about this and to talk it out with friends as well, because that also helps me make my mind up as I speak to friends and family about it. Also, I wouldn't say I base it I do base it partially around how the seats have gone. So I'll look back on the seats and I'm, I think to myself, what did I do as part of that seat? Did I enjoy it? Could I see myself doing it long-term, medium to long-term? And crucially, I also look at my supervisors, the associates around me, the partners even, and think to myself, is that something that I want to do? And is that something I could do? do and is that something that I want to work up to build my career to do it sounds uh, very smart though Stephanie I must say um, the process that you've got and uh, I want to finish with one question and sort of thinking back and, and knowing what you know now about the actual application process if you had a friend applying for a trainee contract what a piece of advice would you give them I'm going to shoot for two. (laughs) So I'm going to shoot for one, which is a little bit more, quote, practical and one which is a bit more um, fluffy, (laughs) Um, but equally important, both equally important. So the one in practice, I would say, after you attend events, always ask for people's email addresses and ask if they're happy for you to contact them afterwards and then actually do that (laughs) I think 
that is so important to create that relationship and also for you to it's an opportunity for you to ask a question that is specific to that person or that firm and gain a little bit of that valuable insight into the firm my second tip is um I've been to quite a number of these graduate recruitment events and spoken to um, prospective applicants as well as people who are going through the vacation scheme. And I think the number one most important thing is to always be genuine because we can, I, I now say we because obviously now I'm on the other side, but now that I am on the other side, I realize how easy it actually is to tell when somebody is, I wouldn't say making something up, I'd just say um, not being genuine and not being true when they say, oh, I'm really interested in the work that you do at corporate and, you know, is it like this? And then you kind of think, okay, well, you can kind of tell when somebody hasn't really done their research and isn't really sure what they're talking about. And it's not that there's an issue with not being sure about um, what you're talking about it's more like if you're not sure then just say it and yeah being genuine whether that's when you're emailing someone when you're speaking to someone when you're in the interviews when you're writing down your application don't google something um and copy and paste it because it's pretty obvious yeah really when you come to write things down and, and speak to people just yeah just be genuine about why you want to apply no, I, I totally agree. Authenticity is is so important. Stephanie, thank you very much for your time today. I've really enjoyed our chat. Thank you so much for having me. And I really enjoyed that as well. I'd be happy to for anyone to reach out to me directly if they wanted to know more, wanted to ask more questions as well. Thank you for listening. To hear more Ashurst podcasts, including our dedicated channel on all things ESG, please visit ashurst.com forward slash podcasts. To ensure you don't miss future episodes, subscribe now on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or your favorite podcast platform. While you're there, please feel free to keep the conversation going and leave us a rating or review. Thanks again for listening and goodbye for now.